Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We have not heard from Tua Tungo-Vailoa since that awful night on Thursday night. Getting carted off, I don't remember that. Serious business. And as you know, concussions apparently become easier. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. My heart's going to be in my throat on Sunday night watching this. That's for damn sure. Today's guests. NFL Pro Bowler and MLB All-Star, Bo Jackson. MLB Network Analyst, Al Leiter. Actor and comedian, Kevin Nealon. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live in Los Angeles, California. I am your humble host, sitting here on the set on the Roku Channel, Channel 210. We're also live on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, coast to coast. We're on Sirius and XM Radio, Sirius Channel 218XM202. If you're listening in on the app, Channel 992. It's red hot because Howard Stern was talking today in a manner that uh, uh, it's kind of gone viral. So check that one out on the Twitter machines right now at uh, Rich Eisen Show. If you want to follow us as well, go for it. Uh, at uh, We're on the Odyssey app, uh, streaming coast to coast. We're Listen to us right we're there. We're everywhere. Yes, we are. Uh, and we say hello to our podcast listeners. The podcast, uh, all three hours, is available every single day. And we've got three fun hours to talk about. Bo Jackson's calling in in about 18 minutes' time. Jacked up for that. Dion told a great story the other day about, I think it was in, you never know, it could be in the pros, but I, it sounded like it was in college that uh, he had a perfect angle to try and tackle um, Auburn's finest, mm. Vincent Bo Jackson. And um, he said he thought he was just tackling a regular football player and had no idea he would just uh, run up on a man. <laughs> and cool, uh, man. he said that um, he uh, uh, Bo palmed, Dion, Dion said he palmed my head, I wrote it down, palmed my head like a prayer warrior, is what he said. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> So I can't wait to find out uh, Bo's uh, angle on stories about Dion and obviously what's going on in the NFL today and any of his two cents on those subject matters. Al Leiter from MLB Network's going to join us, folks. He's going to join us talking about the baseball playoffs. The NLCS is all knotted at one game apiece. Just when you thought that the Padres might be staring in an 0-2 hole down 4 nothing to Aaron Nola, they started putting some runs together and uh, showed uh, everybody uh, what happens when you actually, uh, what's the word for it, hit the ball and not strike out 17 times as the Yankees did last night in game one of the ALCS. Uh And um, Houston hit three home runs and uh, did some weird clapping that I'd never seen before. And I threw things at the television set, and it's now uh, one nothing Astros. I didn't watch, Rich. Were you making a veiled accusation right there? What do you mean? With some clapping you've never no, seen before? No, no, no. It was like some sort of like uh, oh, okay. gator uh, uh, chop. Just, just no, checking. I was not. Just checking. Gator, whatever I don't the know. they were doing. I don't know what it was. All right. Strike. 
Astros up one nothing in the American League Championship Series. They're very, 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 they're very good at baseball. Very, <laughs> very good, good baseball, baseball team. That kid Jeremy very, Pena, very man. Everybody needs one of them. Certainly, when you got Carlos Correa saying, "I want out," and they're like, "Okay, there's the door. We got somebody better." <laughs> Um, Al Leiter is going to join us in hour number two. And then in hour number three, the man who uh, I had no idea is a very impressive caricaturist and, and, uh, and drawer, um, Kevin Nealon has a new book called I Exaggerate, where he tells stories from his remarkable career from SNL and everywhere else. And, um, and then he, he includes his drawings, and it's pretty impressive. And he's going to be here in studio in hour number three, and it's always fun when he stops by. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial when, uh, whenever you want to stop by. We're here having a conversation as week seven of the NFL begins tonight. The NBA last night was uh, one of the first full nights of basketball we've seen since what? What would you say, April? Yeah, right? Late sure. March, Absolutely. early April. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, the, lots to talk about from that, and we will on this program. Week seven of the NFL begins tonight. And during what a what a fascinating non-playing season it was for the Arizona Cardinals. I still have this piece of paper on my desk. I don't know why I have not thrown it out yet. I don't know why because I've had it on my desk since the very last week of February going into the first week of March when Kyler Murray's agent popped it out. This statement to all of Arizona saying that Kyler Murray wants a new contract and he doesn't want to go anywhere, and it sure looks like he might have to go somewhere because the contract's not on the table yet. And it was this fascinating, uh, uh, lovely piece of stationery from from his agent. (laughs) And we all know that Murray got the new contract, and then the new contract had some weird clause in it about how he has to study on his iPad, and they'll know if he's playing other video games while he's on his iPad, and he he needs to have his iPad time which is the exact opposite of, of uh, my situation with Susan and I in our house. Take it away usually more often than not. Too much screen time for the quarterback. Uh, that wasn't the proper amount of screen time, and we all know that they scrapped that, they scrapped that uh, clause because it made their uh, quarterback, very honest, look like a baby. And, you know, we had a little bit of fun with it, and then it wasn't so fun when the season began because in the middle of all this drama, that turned out to be no such drama because he did come back and he is there in Arizona. In the middle of all that, it was announced that DeAndre Hopkins was missing the first six games of the season because of a violation of the uh, steroid policy some sort. Something was found in his system that didn't belong there. And six games, the six games are now over. And when Hopkins went out and the conversations were turned to the Arizona Cardinals, what would their record be? I said, if they could at least go 500, that would be good. If they could somehow start fast, which they have done in the last two years. Two years ago, they started six and three and then fell off and didn't make the playoffs. Last year, they were the last remaining undefeated team at seven and zero until that week eight Thursday night football date with Green Bay. Packers came in and handed the Cardinals their first loss. And then they still made the playoffs thanks to that strong start and then got one and done. It was as if they never made the playoffs. And now here we are. Hopkins returns and the team's two and four. 
and the team is two and four. And their big offseason acquisition on draft night, Marquise Brown from Baltimore, long, you know, long ago teammate of Kyler Murray's in Oklahoma, it looks like he's out for the rest of the season. He's got a foot injury. We're taking a look at it. Now, Robbie Anderson, who got sent off at SoFi Stadium just four days ago by Carolina, acquired by Arizona on Monday, they're coming out with a pretty much damn new receiving core for Kyler Murray. Yep. So here we go. The season for Arizona starts tonight, one would say. Or you could make a case that it could come to a much earlier than expected five-alarm fire. Because walking into their house tonight is another 2-4 and four team that I proffer to say had an idea. I mean, there were many people who thought the Saints were not only going to win the division in shock, but uh, go deep into the playoffs. And they're 2-4. and four. And it looks like Andy Dalton's going to get consecutive start number four on this short week as Jameis Winston has foot and back problems that are still keeping him out. And Dalton trying to go to 500 as a quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. He's coming into this house tonight, taking on Kyler Murray and Arizona. And both of them staring into an abyss, wondering if they can make something out of the final 11 games of their regular season. Still a lot more football left to be played. But as of right now, it looks bleak that we're going to see a third straight team host a Super Bowl in their own stadium. Because you're looking around at that team in Arizona, and they haven't put a darn thing together in a way that you normally see for the first six weeks. And tonight we'll find out if DeAndre Hopkins makes this a much better situation. One would think so. Cliff Kingsbury, who was signed to a new contract in the offseason as well, um, says he's going to consider maybe giving up play calling duties. Is that the issue? Yeah, whatever it takes, he said. I don't blame him. Because right now, there's a lot of people looking at him. Wondering if it's a if it's coach problem. But I've seen a lot of Arizona Cardinals football this year. They are just making way too many mistakes. Way too many mistakes. When Kyler's throwing a pass right to one of his receivers on a third down, second down, he drops it. When Kyler Murray needs to pick up a first down, he slides too soon. He slides too soon on second down rather than picking up the first down, and then he runs to the line of scrimmage and spikes the football to stop the clock, bringing up a fourth down, and then they bring out a kicker who then misses it. And tonight we might see the return of either Matt Prater or Rodrigo Blankenship, by the way. I saw that they uh, signed him. Because when Hopkins came off of suspension, they cut Matt Amendola and signed Rodrigo Blankenship, who we last saw miss a field goal for the Colts in week one in their tie against Houston. And the Colts just cut him. Cardinals signed him to the practice squad if Matt Prater can't answer the bell tonight. So they might have a new kicker and a whole new receiving core and hopefully for them a whole new lease on life. And then there's the Saints as well, where Michael Thomas is out, Jarvis Landry is out, Lattimore is out, Andres Pete is out. 
They already have Trevor Penning, who's their top tackle that they drafted. He's out. Looks like Olave might be back up. They are banged up big time. And they're coming in at two and four with their backup quarterback. And the loser goes to two and five. Benefit for them, though, is everybody else in the division that's above them. Three and three. They're right Both there. teams. Right there, man. They are right there. Both teams. So that's your setup for, for tonight. You've got a high-stakes contest in the NFC. High stakes. Certainly since one would think if somebody wants to make a run, even if they lose, this is a wild card scenario. And if you're talking about a seventh and final playoff spot, somebody might have a tie break to just throw on the table. Second week of January and say, remember that week seven kickoff? Man, that should have been won by you. Because we'll take that tie break and we'll walk into the playoffs with it. Cardinals are 13th in the NFC right now. 13th, two and four with the Commanders and Bears. Oh, my goodness. Same thing with the Saints. Neither of these teams thought that they would be two and four. Tied with Commanders and Bears and looking up at the Seahawks and Falcons, I might add. But just think about the NFC West, Rich. Niners have a tough game this week against Kansas City, albeit at home. So you want to say they're three and four? And Rams are on a bye. So Cardinals would have win tonight. They're suddenly right there. Tied with the 49ers, half game behind the Rams. With Hopkins back. With D-Hop back, who we assume and is going to look like D-Hop. One would, think, one would think he's going to come out and he's going to be um, ready to roll. Eager to show off that he is the difference maker that the team has been missing. So, like I said, when Hopkins went out, I'm like, this team is going to have to do what they haven't done in – the Cliff Kingsbury era where they started 5-10-1 and one, and then went 6-3, and three, missed the playoffs, and then started 7-0, and oh, barely made the playoffs as a wild card and walked into the house of the team that went right past them to win the division and got spanked as that team who won the division went on to win the Super Bowl, beating another team in the NFC West in the process to get to the Super Bowl in their home stadium like Arizona's attempting to do. You know, so big game tonight on Amazon Prime. It was fun conversation with Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday on this subject matter. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Bo Jackson. Love it. Has he ever been on this program? I think he might have been on once before, maybe I, years ago. I was inclined to say no. Okay. So we've got him and then we've got Al Leiter talking baseball and we've got Russ Eating sandwiches, no. and that's gone no. viral today. No. I want to no. talk about that. No, 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 no. We, gotta, we have to talk about it. <laughs> no, I'm not you. I'm like, why? No, Russ, because why? I think people are unfair on, you know, I, I, I feel for him. You shouldn't. No. I do. No, stop it. I do feel for him. I mean, stop it. He got paid to he do He could have nuked the script, but he didn't. Yeah. And now it's, I, I, I think folks are ascribing thing, uh, ascribing something to him that he's, he didn't intend when he shot this thing. I, That's a just. Well, a, he didn't think no, they'd be uh, two uh, and uh, 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 Let me just let me let yeah, me just I mean, let me just right. put that out there for the moment. Okay. Okay. Look, I'm a I'm an apologist, as you know, Chris. But uh, at some point, even I got to be. Like, I understand. Come on. No, hold on a minute. <laughs> I understand. I'm I I'm laying this out I'm, for the moment. I also because I am a uh, uh, a lover of the NFL. 
in looking at the Week 7 marquee, and I don't see much on it. It's a pretty difficult week for matchups. I'm still going to give you the top five games of Week number 7. They exist. I was able to cobble together five. There are five. five? There are five of them? I was able to cobble together five. Dang, okay. See if you'll agree with me. All right. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Nealon in hour number three. Uh, That'll be a fun conversation with one of our favorites from SNL. Al Leiter in hour number two. Um, I I imagine he'll come on as a Marlin because if he comes on as a Yankee, he'll have struck out. He didn't bat, but I see where you're going. Just put the bat on the ball. 17 strikeouts is beyond embarrassing. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. When we come back, Bo Jackson, (laughs) don't go anywhere. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports sponsored by AutoZone. This gentleman is simply... One of the greatest athletes to ever play a sport in America, and he did two of them for quite some time. And he's joining us right now on behalf of Crown Royal, ahead of the brand's on-site activation at the Southern Smoke Festival in Houston, Texas. One of the best on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is Bo Jackson. How are you, Bo? I'm fine, guys, and how are you all? We're doing fine. Did you ever play yourself in Tecmo Bowl, (laughs) Bo? Did that ever happen? No. Come on. I have never played the game. Huh. Wow. You were good in what? it. Bo, you're really good in it. Yeah. You were great in it, you know, in Tecmo Bowl. You never did. Never once, huh? Yes. Okay. Well, I have I have heard that I was good, but I've never played it. I still got the uh, video game still in the original package. <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't been opened. 
I got the game to play it in. Uh huh. The cassette and everything, and I'm saving it for my grandson. <laughs> oh, don't open that. Sell it yeah. <laughs> you know how much those are going for these days? Is that yeah. right? Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you could put your grandson through college with that. Yeah, you could just sign it. Sign one and just <laughs> do that. Yeah. That's the deal. Okay. That's the plan. Very good. Um, what, in your estimation, Bo Jackson, is the most impressive thing you've ever done on a field, if you could choose one? What is it for you? I said, I, but actually, I just talked about this 30 minutes ago. Okay. I got the most impressive thing in my, my is getting tossed out of a baseball game. On purpose. Okay. Uh, I'll bite. What do you got for me on that story? What do you got? Um, um, July 21st, 1990. Kansas mm-hmm. City Royals playing the Milwaukee Brewers. I took third strike on purpose right down the pipe. Turned around, had a few choice words with the umpire. He proceeded to toss me out of the game. I went inside chains. And went down on the plaza in Kansas City to the hospital. Spent the rest of the day with my wife and my baby girl, who was born that morning at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> so you got yourself tossed purposefully so you could be there on time to watch the birth of your daughter, <laughs> is what you're saying. But, no, no. But okay. my daughter was born that morning at 6.30 a.m. Okay. This was... a. Uh, this was a this was an afternoon game. I got tossed out of the game. Well, I mean, so, I mean, yes, really. That's your most impressive. You think that that that's it? Not not doing what you did on a football field. Not doing what you did on a baseball field. Throwing somebody out for you know from at home plate from left field or or homering off of Rick Russell with uh, Ronald Reagan and Vince Scully in an All Star game booth or running over Bo, you know uh, uh, Brian Bosworth. None, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. I've been doing that since I was eight, nine years old. (laughs) And and I was just doing it then because somebody was paying me to do it. Amazing. Well, Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show. I had Dion on the show the other day, and I asked him to tell his favorite Bo Jackson story. Is that the end of the interview? Uh, Say that again? I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? I can't hear you guys. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can you hear me now? Bo Jackson? Well, you all are whispering okay, to can, each other, and I can't hear you whisper. All right. How about now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I had Dion on the show the other day, um, and I asked him for his favorite Bo Jackson story. Um, and he said it was the time when he went up to you, what came up on you uh, in a game and uh, yeah. he had no idea that he was approaching a grown-ass man, and you palmed his head like a prayer warrior, <laughs> is what he said. Well, 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 I, yep. Dion was probably the only. Dion was probably the only kid in college that could run with me, and when he got to me, he didn't know what to do with me, <laughs> and he was sort of getting in my way, so I kind of pushed him to the side. Huh. And um. What did you uh, What did you make of Dion at the time when he was becoming prime time, Bo, and he was well, starting to think about doing the two sport thing too? What did you think of him? Well, well, in college, everybody knew Dion as just a skinny, loud mouth defensive back, but 
no one knew how good Dion was, but Dion. Like no one knew how how talented I was, but me. Um, but Dion shined at the right moment. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And how much uh, do you feel your influence um, landed on him, Bo? I don't know. Dion said that he looked up to me, and I heard the comment that he said that um, he said that there wouldn't be no Dion mm-hmm. if there was a, a Bo. Um, um, I tip my hat for that comment, but Dion, in my view. Uh, was one of the most talented people that I've ever gone up against, baseball or football. And then your 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 career, Bo Jackson. Let's talk a little bit about it right now. If you did not get hurt on a football field that one day, uh, wearing the silver and black, what do you think you would have been able to accomplish as a football player in the NFL? Bo? The same thing. The same, the same thing, because a lot of people don't believe this, but I had discussed with my wife prior to playing that game that that year was going to be my last season playing football. Really? And it wasn't because I was tired on football. It was because my, my oldest kid, I got tired of moving him around the country, three moves per year. And he was in kindergarten, getting ready to start school. And every time he got to the point where he got comfortable with his new friends, it was time to leave again. And that's not good from a mental standpoint for your child. So with me being having a minor in psychology and my wife got a Ph.D. in psychology, uh, we knew that that wasn't a good thing. So um, luckily... The man upstairs worked it out to where I didn't have to announce my retirement and piss off all of the Raiders fans <laughs> and Al Davis, and things worked out for me. What's your favorite Al Davis story, Bo? You got one for me? Favorite Al Davis story? Yes, sir. Is that I would never – my favorite Al Davis story is, is that he made it a point to call me Vincent when everybody would call me Bo. <laughs> And I would ignore him until he called me both. And he would just laugh. And he would have people out on the field, because you know when he's out on the field, you can smell his cologne 10 minutes before he shows up. <laughs> so, so you know that he's coming. And uh, I would walk past, and he would say, good afternoon, Vincent. And i just keep walking like I never hear and he say it again, and I get about 20 yards past him, and he'll say, good afternoon, Bo. And I would stop and turn, oh, hey, Mr. Davis, how are you? <laughs> and that would just tickle him pink because no one else would do that to him. But I told him, I said, Mr. Davis, I said, the only somebody that I allow, that I allow to call me Vincent is my wife. So he was determined to get me to answer when he called me Vincent, and I never did. So that was our little thing with each other. Bo Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, courtesy of Crown Royal, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. The toughest pitcher you ever had to face in baseball, who was the one that gave you fits, Bo? 
it wasn't the hard-throwing pitchers. It was the Frank Pananas huh. and those guys that threw a lot of junk. It's because Frank Panana could get you to break your back on a 75-mile-an-hour, 80-mile-an-hour fastball because he throws so much junk out over the plate, then he busts you inside with a fastball, and you're so happy, happy to see it until it surprises you, and he jams you with it and breaks your back, or dribble back to the pitcher, and he gets you out. You sure it wasn't your own knee that broke the bat, Bo? <laughs> you sure about that? No, but I've done that a lot. I saw that. Atlanta has caused me to break a lot of bats. I mean, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So then who is the most talented player you ever played with in baseball? Whether Even if it's the minors, too. Even with the Memphis Chicks. Even if it was... A, 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 I, that I played, played with and that, against. There's a ton of them. Okay. George Brett, Frank White, Willie Wilson, Ken Griffey Jr. There's tons. Hmm. Brett. George Brett, man. He just... He, he, was, one, he was an all-time... Great. And then what what was it like when you first walked into the locker room with those guys? Well, George just walked up, shook my hand. George Brett, it's nice to meet you. Welcome to the team. That's the type of player he was. That's it. That's it. Man. Just as simple as that. Just as simple as that. He welcomed me, and we have, and we have been friends for over 30 years now. Is it true, Bo Jackson, when you were on the White Sox, you helped land a plane that was in distress and the rest of the team was freaking out, thinking that this was the end, that the plane was going down? No, and you that's, went, that's no, not, you didn't that, do that isn't true. Uh, um, but I was in the cockpit when the engine blew on the plane. I was standing in the cockpit door talking to the pilot, and we were talking about P-51 Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how that plane, that one particular plane, have uh, killed more American pilots than any other plane. Um, and the reason we were talking about it, because I've always had the craving to own one, and my wife wouldn't let me. So that's the end of that story. But, yes, we I think we flew into a flock of cranes at 34,000 feet coming from Anaheim. This is when I was with the Sox, and we blew an engine. And we had to land in Iowa, where that where that United plane, that United BC-10, landed and crashed about 35, 40 years ago. Huh. So then why do your teammates think that you helped land the plane, Bo? Most of them because think- they were probably terrified. The, <laughs> the only thing that was said was the pilot snapped around to get the controls and said, oh, snap, we've lost number one engine. Right. And he told me, Go back, tell everybody to sit down, fasten your seatbelts. That's what he told me to say. But as I'm walking down the aisle, everybody, white guys turned red. The Latin guys got their rosary out playing. The black guys turned white. <laughs> Frank Thomas is, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they said, I said, the pilot says, shut the F up and sit down and buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> Well, apparently you commanded such a way that they thought that you were in charge, like you were that you were that, that no one was going to go down if Bo was actually talking to the pilots. That's basically the way that that story is being told today. <laughs> Bo, are you aware of that? You know, was it? A, it was. A, excuse me. 
It's just, it seems like the, your your teammates thought that literally you were in charge, so they thought that they were not going to mm-hmm. die because you were no. in charge, Bo. I was just relaying a message okay. from okay. the pilot. Okay, very good, <laughs> very good. Uh, tell me about what you're doing with the Crown Royal. You're going to go hanging out with Demarcus Ware too, huh? You got that going on. Five more minutes. Yep. Did I lose you? Right. Uh-oh, I think we're losing the internet connection there. About a plane. Talk about is this contest this weekend between me and um between me and between me and Demarcus. Yep, Demarcus where cooking contest with Crown Royal. That's going down. Uh it's a cook off challenge featuring Crown Royal infused sauce to raise money for the Southern Smoke Foundation. That's what you're doing, right? Raise money for the Southern Smoke Foundation. It's a twenty five thousand dollar gift which is part of a $1 million a year-long gift with the NFL. Uh, and the funds are going to support the people behind the scenes in the cooking industry, the servers, the preparers, the caterers, and so forth and so on. So we are going to go and have fun to see if we can take some Crown Royal and uh, infuse it in different sauces to see who can come up with a decent um, meal, a, a decent dish to let everybody try. But it's all for for fun, and we are going to raise some money doing it. Yeah, $25,000, a Crown Royal Generosity Fund of the Southern Smoke Foundation. Everybody should just uh, follow Bo on Twitter and Instagram for more at Bo Jackson. So who's the, the NFL player that you would pay to see or you just sit down? You're strolling down, you know, through the through your living room, TV might be on, that player's playing, you're like, okay, I got to see this snap. Is there somebody, Bo, for you today? Um, 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 two players. Okay. The running back for the Jets and the running back and, 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 and Derrick Henry. So, Brees Hall? That's if I'm going to watch it. That's Bre- if I'm going to watch football. That's who I would sit down and watch. Why do you mention Brees Hall? I'm, I'm, I mean, excuse me, not the uh, Jet, the Giants. Oh, Saquon. Saquon. Saquon and Derrick Henry. Why do you like Derrick Henry? I'm, I know the answer, I'm sig- or I'm assuming the answer, but I'll take it from you, please, Bo Jackson. What do you love about him? He reminds me a lot of myself, but he's three inches taller, (laughs) and his arms are two feet longer. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bad man with bad intentions when he runs the football, Bo. No doubt about that. Uh, And you like Saquon, too, huh? You'll sit down and check him out? Yes, Saquon's a powerhouse. Okay. I love the way he handled his job. And uh, what did you make of Aaron Judge's season this year, Bo, with 62 home runs. I think he deserved it. I think he deserved it. I sent out a tweet to him. Mm -hmm. I sent out a tweet to him when he tied the record and told him that I was pulling for him. Okay. I never met the gentleman, but I think he is good for baseball. No question. Very good for baseball. No doubt about that. And what do you think of Otani? What do you think of him? Excuse me? Shohei Otani. Same thing. Yeah. Otani, I think the same thing. Very talented young man. Did you ever think of pitching too, Bo? I pitched in high school, but I thought pitching was boring. (laughs) (laughs) You just liked hitting and running. Okay. Well, Bo, thanks, thanks for the time. 
Greatly appreciate this. I'd love to do it more often. I'd love to do it more often. Thank you, guys. Let's do it, Bo. Let's do it some more, okay? Appreciate the time. Catch me if you can. You got it. <laughs> well, that's Catch impossible. me if you can, <laughs> says Bo Jackson, everybody. All right, guys. Take care, Bo. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bo. There he is. There goes Bo. Catch me if you can. We'll, we'll never interview and him again. He's gone. <laughs> there goes Bo. Bo Jack. Absolutely. Yeah. Bo Jack. Jeff Perlman wrote uh, a fascinating biography that Bo I, it seems to not be a big fan of. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, and um, Jeff's coming in next week. I'm yeah. reading it. Yeah, I've started, I've started it too. Fantastic. Yeah. And I texted him beforehand about that story about the plane going down and Jeff said, I'm just going to say it here. He sourced it with 17 or so different people. That story alone. Wow. I mean, Jeff is thorough. We know that. And they all to a man in the book, reading the quotes from so many of them believe Bo, like Bo landed the plane (laughs) and that's Jeff Perlman's, you know, theory about Bo Jackson is he is the last folk hero like that yeah. that is where the stories get bigger it's like and Paul the Bunyan. I mean it's correct yeah kind of fish this big. where where right, exactly. wherever where everything is seen in the palm of your hand now the minute it happens so right. everything's confirmable or deniable right you know or and and you see it what but back in his day not everything was completely seen or accessible right. it's like have you heard about this guy three towns over he hits 500 foot home runs he's 12 and you're like oh wow you know the 30 for 30 that came out years ago about Bo is just unbelievable what this guy could do yeah and 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 this book you know uh is called the last folk hero that's what he's saying is that this was in an era where Bo uh, and what he was doing, you could you could see it, but sometimes not all of it. And the stories grow bigger and taller as the years go by. And you, I just you got that sense just there. You were talking to a folk hero, you know. And it's what's also, true and what's not. Dion's kind of like that yeah. too, in the fact like Dion's folk hero story involved, which I asked him point blank finally on the air at the Super Bowl in Atlanta a few years ago. That he, you know, the story is that he ran his 40 at the combine, ran through the tunnel and into a waiting car that took him to the airport because <laughs> right, he had right. done his work there. Right. I mean, and that story is told by people at the combine swearing it happened. And he's like, get out of here. No, I had meetings. I had things I had to do. You know, I, I didn't do that. <laughs> but but the, I think even Belichick told us that story. once. And the difference too, Dion had a full career. We saw... We saw the potential in the beginning, and we saw the full scope of the greatness, whereas Bo, everything was so short-lived. It was burst. It was like, wow, 90-yard touchdown runs, but then gets hurt career over. You know, the towering home runs and the running up the wall, making catches, and then his career's over. It was so short. Also, Bo Jackson's legend. I can remember being a kid and hearing stuff like, when Bo was 12, he killed a wild boar with a rock. Yeah, I heard that. Threw a rock so hard that it killed like a hut. Well, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. You know, that's that's the beginning of Jeff's book. You should read Jeff's book. Certainly, if you want to do it before he comes in next week. I mean, it's a quick read, and I'm getting through it. I'm not to the the Raiders part yet. Did did you know he was going to quit? I have never heard that before. I've never heard that either. Yeah. 
I remember watching the game against the Bengals, and then you know he thought he was going to be back next week. Hey, it's and a hit pointer. If I'll you be back ever next week. look at that play, it's so it's so routine. Nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. It's routine. It's just like you see it every week. Somebody yeah. tackled like that, and they yep. pop right back up and run back to the huddle. Except his football career was over. And I have been under the assumption and talking about it for, for years that, what a shame. I uh, wish I could have seen 10 more years of that. And he was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten 10 more games <laughs> yeah, that was if it. that didn't happen. Bo Jackson, 2,782 career yards. He likes Saquon. I thought for a second he said, I like the Brees Hall. I thought, you got so happy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I did. <laughs> Rich was like, what, 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 what? I'm a child, what? man. But yeah, Bo's the type of guy, Chris, that like he's going to go down through legend now. Because like you said, the sample size is so small. So small. All we have is now our memories. Mm-hmm. And as you know, and those memories, memories just get bigger. You know? yeah, I, I'm not saying lying because I knew what I saw and I'd never seen a man like Bo Jackson who could do the things that he did, man. So that that memory is not a lie. That's some real I just remember that I remember that all-star game I remember that all-star game and Vin Scully is in the booth with Ronald Reagan okay the president of the United States he's sitting president of the United States I believe he was sitting or he just left office I don't know Um, and he's sitting there in the booth and bows up against Rick Russell and the whole idea that he's in this game and what he's been what he's done already as a professional baseball player, but let's see what he does on the All-Star. And again, this is when the All-Star game was the Midsummer Classic in the 80s. I mean, I shouldn't say that that it is not now, but I think we can all... At any rate. And I just remember he homered. I so, mean, the, 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 when, when reality meets expectations, or it's, it's the best. It was 89, so Reagan, 89, Reagan was out. out yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. The latest with Russell Wilson, everybody. <laughs> we'll hit that. He went viral today on Twitter and everywhere else. That's next on this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you should go get one right now because when you open up the doors on one, you're opening more than just that. You're opening and unlocking potential to do your own thing and be your own boss and steer your own success and blaze your own trail. Every Sprinter van by Mercedes is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set to help you follow your own passions and reawaken that spirit of adventure and check all those big, bun-fold, and exciting experiences right off your bucket list. 
Owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live, work, and play out your dreams no matter how far off the beaten path they're going to take you. And with 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, and thousands of ways to customize, a Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Russell Wilson's new advertisement for sandwiches, for a sandwich company, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, is a tough watch. Nice way of it's it. a tough watch. It's a tough watch. And um, look, we, we're not the ones to pile on. Uh, Russ has had a lot uh, piled on him quite a bit lately. And a lot of it is self-inflicted. And a lot of it is viewed as self-inflicted. Because he'll do some things that uh, that leave you scratching your head. Let's be honest. I mean, and, and he's been on this program uh, many times, many, many times, and I look forward to many more times with him. But the problem is when he does commercials, and they're shown when he's two and four. That's a problem. He can't control that. What he can control is going into a season where there's so much change, say no to these spots. But I think he thought this wasn't going to go poorly. Mm-hmm. That's why he came. He just figured it was just going to be a new spot, same success as he's had his entire career in Seattle, where the things that he does that makes you scratch your head sometimes, you forget about it because he's so dynamic on the field and he's winning. And also, you know, there's that Walter Payton Man of the Year patch on his chest for good reason. So you put it all together, and it's just like, that's just Russ being Russ. But now Russ is 2-4. and four. And when he says Broncos country, let's ride after a home loss, an overtime home loss to a Colts team that had no business winning that football game, it just rings hollow, and I said that the other day. But I do want to say this. The problem with these spots coming out now, and it's a new spot, and it's, you know, I would have uh, counseled against that script Um, because he's doing goofy stuff, and it's just, you know, I I mean, he he doesn't have the the Manning comic timing down. But there are definitely people who will see this, and it's new, and will think, they will think this, this is part of the problem when you when you when you come up with a season long commercial campaign, they'll think that he shot it this week. Right. They will think that he spent time this week where he's been hurt and he's been announced to be hurt, potentially not going to play on Sunday, and he looked terrible. You know, they looked terrible on Monday Night Football in the final three quarters and overtime of that game. He was dynamite in, in quarter one. He looked like the the Russ of old. Slinging it around, stepping up in the pocket, avoiding the rush, finding guys head up downfield, knowing where they are, hitting them when when he needed to. Uh, they'll think that he spent this week doing it, and he didn't. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. They'll think that he did it this week. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I know that, but people, so folks don't know. Like he yeah, probably no, spent, like they it, probably got him in a two, three day period. Yeah, it's just like with, in Baker, June. with his commercials, people think he was doing. Right. And the number of times you see, the number of times you'll see a, an NBA star and you'll see their, their uh, 
advertisement in the conference finals and the NBA finals, and that guy was eliminated in the first round, and you'll be like, oh, God. This guy didn't do anything. Well, I mean, it's not like he shot it there and he, there and then. It's a tough one. That's why, I mean, that's why some NFL players will just say, I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. Or I don't want to do it. Or I'll think better of doing it. We'll do it. We'll do it after. That's why a lot of guys don't come on shows like this one until they want to come on after a win. Remember Micah Parsons had an appearance after that week one loss? And he didn't, he didn't go on that show because he's like, I didn't want to go on the show and the rest of the, my teammates are seeing that I'm, I'm on TV after we just lost week we, one. We get that a lot with our Monday guest, Chris Long, who sometimes he worries about getting a guest who's lost. He doesn't want to talk to well, us. He talked about, the, about Von yeah. Miller a couple weeks yeah. ago. But anyway, not a great spot, but he didn't shoot it now. So keep that in your mind's eye. <laughs> doesn't change the fact, though. <laughs> that it's that it's not a good spot. It's a tough. It's a tough. I mean, he's, they're two and four, and the coach. Did you hear? Did you hear two. Melvin Gordon said, "Yeah, I guess." When he was asked, "Like, did you get a, 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 a an acceptable in your mind reason why you were benched for the final three quarters in overtime yeah, against I your guess. former team?" And so he's he's sat down quarters two through last, and then. Days later, he's reinstalled as the starter. It's good. Good for him. I'm glad for him. Yeah, he can play. I'm happy for him. You know, and good luck against the Jets. You're going against a tough uh, young team with a stout line there, man. By the way, I mean, again, it's just the last. uh, do Do you think, like, Russ's team even called them up and said, hold off on that spot right now? Just hold off. Because it came out today, I think that's it. Came it was all over Everywhere. Twitter today. Yeah, yeah. I think these things are already scheduled. They're already in the can. Yeah, but even if help was, him out, like Rich, wait, wait till he wins his next game. Even like, if they well, were six and zero, it wouldn't matter. This, this no, thing is I kinda, mean, if it, they're six and zero, it'll it would just be you know, he's still he's get, just being he's still silly, and that's going. just not it's not a best look and whatever. He's wearing fingerless leather driving gloves. I mean, it's 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 it's. It's I have a no weird problem with spot, the fingerless man. gloves. It's by a the way. weird spot, and they, they it's put him in a spot because he's two and four. See, put him in the spot because it's quarter. Tough one, man. <laughs>